When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you use promo code DNVR, you'll get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's with code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today, as he does each and every week, the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sportsnet, the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's our good buddy, Drew Goodman. How's it going out there in Chicago this week? It's going great, Patrick. I love Chicago. I've always loved Chicago. And because of the scheduling quirk, there's a couple of them this year, as you know, we spend a full week in Chicago. We had and two off days, which is really unusual, and mostly day games. Only one night game, which if, the Rockies already played on Tuesday night. So we got in, we got in uh, Sunday night about ten or so, and then Monday was an off day, um, and then Tuesday night game on the south side. Wednesday day game. Today's an off day, as you and I tape. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all day games at Wrigley. So it's one week straight on lake michigan see i can turn this and you can you can see the lake see that i don't know if you can see that you see beautiful lake michigan from my hotel window um and i you know you and i are both runners so um you're a more accomplished runner than i am but i i get out there on lake michigan every day so i love it man i'm you know i'm a big city guy i'm a new york guy so i i love being love being in chicago it's a good week man good weather good weather all week that's real nice. Yeah, I'll be curious to see when this week is over with all the day games, how how everybody likes the schedule. Because it, it seems like, ah, you start your day early, but you've got the whole night to yourself. And you got to be careful with that a little bit. You know, stay, maybe staying up too late or doing things. But you might end up liking uh, that kind of schedule of, you know what, I'm just going to tuck myself in early. Get up 5 a.m., whatever it is, start your day that way. That will be interesting because it's definitely not what we're used to here in professional sports with most of the games starting in the evening, almost on a daily basis. I said this to Huey on the air the other day. It's almost like spring training because spring training, you play day games, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you're up early. You're at the facility early. Um, in spring training, you're oftentimes you're on the field practicing and, and doing some things. And then you know, and then playing a game and, uh, you know, maybe you're lifting in the morning. Some guys lift after whatever. It, it's more of a spring training type of schedule. Guys are smart. They're professionals. It's what they do for a living. So it's not like, you know, guys are out till two in the morning um, and and then trying to roll in and turn around and, and play a game. But um, I, I think guys do like it. I think it's a nice change up in that 
you are so conditioned to playing in the evening and getting back late, eating late, and then you can't go right to bed and you, know, you go to bed, you know, one in the morning type of thing and, and then sleep till 11 or 12 if you're an athlete. And um, I think they like being able to, a lot of, a lot of guys have their family, their wives uh, with them. And so they get to go out and have dinners like everybody else. Uh, so I, I think that this has been um, – <laughs> widely accepted with open arms this week. Now, I don't know if, if guys would want to do it for 180 days, um, but this this week has been well-received, and I can tell that by the number of, uh, as I said, wives that are on this trip. And you have your evenings free to go see maybe Kid Cudi, Panic at the Disco at the United Center. Maybe you want to take in Riot Fest. I don't know if you're a big Nine Inch Nails fan, but... I know you probably don't know any of these bands. I don't are. know any of but I do know this much. Buddy took in Eric Clapton yes. on Monday. I brought that up. Isn't that yeah. that's crazy? He got recognized apparently like in the lobby by by somebody in their crew. It was like, hey, I know Bud Black when I see Bud Black. Boom, VIP, but you know, backstage. I that's guess the great. stage manager was a San Diego guy or is a San Diego guy. Next thing you know, Buddy had tickets. He was on the floor. He was at the, you know, after party. I mean, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Clapton is buddy again. I, I saw Buddy this morning uh, working out, and uh, we were chatting about it again. I go, uh, I said, who'd you go see? Uh, Neil Young last night. <laughs> there laughing. you go. Right. There so. you go. Yeah, I mean that. That's what can happen uh, when you when you got those day games. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty yeah. interesting. I'm glad everyone's having a good time there. Uh, around baseball, they're going to be uh, celebrating Roberto Clemente Day. Unfortunate that the Rockies don't get to play, but uh, 50th anniversary. Can you believe it? December 31st, 1972, obviously killed in a plane crash, delivering some emergency supplies to Nicaragua uh, after they had an earthquake. But uh, today is Roberto Clemente Day, and, uh, and the Mets and Pirates are, are going to be playing a game at City Field. Everyone's going to be wearing the number 21, as it seems like they should. So I think that's a, that's a real fitting tribute. Maybe someday we get everyone wearing 21 uh, all across baseball on this day. Maybe we even get the number 21 retired. Uh, I know there are some people who uh, think that would also be fitting as well, just like 42 is retired. So uh, Roberto Clemente, I, I, I know, you know, he uh, he touched a lot of our hearts and uh, just a great baseball player all around besides being a great human being. And, uh, and I know he's probably somebody that you're you're more than well aware of his career and what he th has done both on and off the field. I remember being I was nine years old and I was in with my family on vacation. We were in Mexico. And I remember hearing on the radio that, you know, his plane had gone down and he was on a humanitarian mission to Nicaragua. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, that kind of left an indelible impression. Uh, you know, I saw him play as a kid, with, um, you know, a ton of highlights like we all did uh, after. Remarkable career, uh, a guy with charisma, a guy who really cared about his fellow uh, human being. So I'm glad, uh, you know, baseball, I've said this before, Patrick, you and I have had this discussion when it certainly um, when the annual celebration of Jackie Robinson and all of what he went through and his, and his accomplishments and what he meant, not just to baseball, but to, to U.S. history. And, and for Roberto Clemente, uh, the same thing, um, uh, you know, in a different uh, land, you know, on a different landscape, if you will. But I, I love that baseball is honoring their greats, their 
the, the people that made a difference beyond the field and the length of the, the schedule allows you to do unique things. It's probably harder in the NFL when you only play 17 games, um, but uh, baseball allows itself to, to, to kind of pause for a moment. And uh, I love that they do that. I, I think it's, it's part of the great tradition of the game. David Moranis wrote a fantastic book just called Clemente. And Clemente. I mean, uh, the, the two big things that I'd pull away from that, I think this was mentioned in the book, was the fact that Tom Walker was there and was going to be on that plane. And Roberto Clemente said, no, you stay behind. And Tom Walker was a teammate of, of Roberto's and uh, was the father of Neil Walker, who uh, had a very long career, mostly with the Pirates. Uh, I, I always thought that was just so interesting to think like how close – you know, it could have been being, being a totally different story uh, altogether. Well, I talked to Neil this year about that. Neil's doing some broadcasting now with the Pirates. And 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 I, his dad, I believe, was on the tarmac. And yeah. It, was, it wow. wasn't like, hey, do you want to go kind of thing. It was a couple of days earlier. I mean, he, he was literally, I mean, he was prepared to get on the plane that day. And, and Roberto said, no, you know, we're good. We're good. And, and that's the only reason that you know, Tom obviously survived and, and ultimately, you know, Neil is here um, as well. But uh, yeah, that that's a, you know, very moving story that was related in the book and, and related, uh, you know, firsthand to me by by Tom's son. Yeah, I think Neil was born, you know, several years after that. So he, he certainly wouldn't have even been around. So yeah, no, he, uh, yeah, that's wild. Great. The, the other the other thing from that was uh, Clemente had 3,000 hits on the nose. Um, and what what happened, I think, on the second to last game of the season, he had a base – he had a hit, uh, I think, to the shortstop, you know, kind of a tough play. And uh, everyone celebrated 3,000 hits. Congratulations on the penultimate day of the season. And the scorekeeper – this was in Pittsburgh – said, actually, that's an error. And after the game, Clemente said, hey, you know what? That guy's been calling games for uh, for a while. I trust him. If he said that was an error, that was an error. But that could have been the biggest what if. If he had never gotten that hit on the final day of the season, he could have ended up with 2,999. And uh, that that was just wild. And so that, that's just a fantastic book. I mean, uh, probably my, my top five favorite baseball books of all time, Clemente by David Moranis. Yes. And – it's funny, uh, there was somebody we referenced in the last few days who finished their career not with at $29.99, but at $19.99, which, you know, I, again, it's not $3,000, but $2,000 a boatload of hits. And I'm trying to uh, remember who we were talking about on the air, and we happened to look it up, and it's like, oh, man, they finished with 1,999 hits. Um, so, yes, thankfully, thankfully, Roberto Clemente, uh, you know, ended up with his 3,000th hit. And you would know this, Patrick, being the, uh, you know, the student of the game uh, and the historian that you are. Is he the only one that they waived the five year, the mandatory five year waiting period from retirement to uh, be a candidate for uh, induction into the Hall of Fame, which, you know, he, he was immediately. But I, I think he's the only one. Am I right? Uh, it may have been Lou Gehrig uh, also at the time. I think the Hall of Fame had just opened up uh, at okay. that point. Um, okay. Uh, so, so I'm not exactly sure how, how they handled that uh, exactly. Um, but it, certainly no no one other than those two two gentlemen, for sure. Okay. That's amazing. Um, I think the, think the guy you're looking for for 1,999 
fitting because uh, I missed this last week. I missed this piece of news. I'm, I'm getting, you know, amped up about the World Baseball Classic and uh, Elias Diaz. Uh, I haven't talked about this uh, at all publicly and uh, uh, hopefully I'm not speaking out of school. He's going to play in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, it hasn't been decided exactly who he'll play for because uh, his father uh, is from Colombia and uh, you know, he's from Venezuela, so he has a couple options that he's working out. So uh, he'll be another one of those Rockies. But last week apparently came out Jake Bird uh, is the first player to uh, to sign on to represent Team Israel, uh, where he'll play underneath uh, Coach Ian Kinsler, who finished with 1,999. That's who it was. Yeah, it, it was Kinsler who finished in 1999. And we were talking about Jake Bird being on team israel and i asked jake and, and he's about i i don't think it's a hundred percent he's like it sounded like he's you know 90 plus percent committed to playing you know for team israel which um is tremendous what what a great um you know what a great honor and i i know the guys that that have an opportunity to play uh in that tournament they've all found it to be you know, a, a great experience. And I, and I think this one, especially coming out of COVID and everything, Patrick, it's going to, it's going to be really, uh, it's really going to be a fun winter. Yeah. I think that, I think it's building a lot of anticipation where it, it, people are going to get a lot uh, pretty hyped up for this one. Uh, I think more than ever before, just before we started recording uh, news came down that the Rockies had released Jolice Chassin, uh 34 year old reliever, uh, 40 man rosters now at 39, but Chassin, I mean, I think some people may forget that, you know, this is a second stint with the Rockies, you know, uh, I think signed at around 16 years old, you know, uh, in, in 2005 uh, eventually did make his debut there on that, that postseason team in 2009 with a, Really great young starting rotation with Franklin Morales and Ubaldo Jimenez. But Julius Chassin, you know, he's got the 10 years of service time. Really great career. Thought that it was going to be over last year when the Yankees cut him. Rockies picked him up, and he was fantastic last year. Had his moments this year. But Julius Chassin, uh, you know, a, a great uh, all-time Rocky, I think, uh, overall, when you look at the the full picture of what he was uh, able to do in his career here. Uh you're right. He is an all-time Rocky. I know there's not a long list of guys that have had grand success as, as a pitcher in Rocky's history, but Shasin is on all of those lists. Lowest ERA, lowest ERA for a season. Um, you know, a really good guy. Two-time Rocky, as you were pointing out. Yeah, Jolie's made his mark. Uh, you know, Buddy has this line that you're very familiar with. Um, you know, he'll, he'll say, guys, you know, he's a good Rocky. You know, he meaning that that he has stature in the organization because he he did well over a significant period of time. Well, you know what? Jolie Chassin is a really good Rocky. And as we know, at some point in time, they take your spikes away. And if this is, you know, it for Jolie's man, enjoy enjoy the next chapter, the, the next multiple chapters. What a, a tremendous guy. Um, you know, he makes his home in Scottsdale with his family. Uh, terrific, terrific pitcher uh, for, as you said, last year he did a really nice job. Um, but, you know, going way back when he came up, Jolies was tough and he competed on the mound. And uh, as we were kind of discussing, he's, he's an all-time Rocky and he's a good guy too. So uh, I wish him all of the best uh, going forward. Sunday is the day Texans Broncos at mile high and at the DNVR Broncos 
tailgate. Make sure you get your tickets over at dnvrlocker.com. We got a great spot overlooking the stadium there. We got mile high sliders going. Breck Brew will be a flowing, and it's the place to be. It's going to take you to the stadium from the bar. It'll bring you back to the bar after the game, so you don't have to worry about jumping in your car right away or fighting any of that traffic. When you're a member to the DNVR.com, not only 50 cents for your first month, you're going to get extra raffle tickets at all of our watch parties. You get price breaks on those tailgates. Even when we get a party bus going down to Ball Arena for the Nuggets and Avs, so much and more, including the members-only Discord where you don't have to worry about politics and a-holes. You can chat with everybody in our community, and it's just a wonderful place to be. The DNVR Bar is also a wonderful place to be. We are now open again on the corner of Colfax in York. Please come on down and check it out. And look, if you just want to watch us do our thing in studio, you can watch us over on Ivaca TV. Ivaca is the new goat in Colorado sports. That is the greatest of all TV. It's the remote goat. Ivaca TV delivers amped up sports coverage for Colorado fans featuring Altitude Sports, our guy Drew here, an AT&T Sportsnet, so you're going to get the Rockies. And it also includes the NFL Network. Get the most regional content for the lowest price for sports in Colorado. All of that comes in crystal clear HD while using less bandwidth. Allows you to enjoy over 60 entertainment channels, including news, movies, and more. And right now, it's only $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee. Right now, Colorado sports fans, we're going to give you another $10 off that deal on top of it per month for your first three months to score this deal. Just head on over to evoca.tv slash Colorado 10. That's evoca.tv slash Colorado 10. No contracts, no catches. Evoca TV is television made for champions of the remote. And as we said with the Broncos tailgate that we have going on where you can get your tickets at dnvrlocker.com. Mile High is ready to rock again, and what we rock here is the Breck Brew Broncos Country. Yes, the hometown craft beer of the Denver Broncos. Broncos Country Pale Ale. Show off that Colorado, colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo and 100% Colorado ingredients. This is going to be your go-to for the football season. It's time to maybe transition out of the avalanche ale they they raised the cup but broncos are looking to do the same thing with the lombardi trophy check out a beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find where broncos country pale ale can be purchased near you all right let's talk about a couple of rockies uh who've been uh, pretty hot right now we've got some hot some not but three guys that uh, right off the top of my head that that i think about when i talk about players who are playing well when they come to the plate when they're on the mound you got to feel good about uh, Kyle Freeland. We can talk about a little bit more later. Uh, just he owns the Chicago White Sox. I'm sorry. He uh, say what you will about Jerry Reinsdorf. Freeland owns the White Sox. Uh, but Carlos Estevez, Alan Trejo, and really since August 1st, Ryan McMahon. You know he's had those eight home runs since he had that conversation with Buddy in San Diego. I mean those have been guys that when they are they're up at the plate, you know you 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 really feel like okay this is a good spot for them and uh, and you like seeing them up uh, in their spot. Well, yeah, I, I, let me begin with Kyle because that's freshest in that, you know, he just pitched yesterday and he was Kyle Freeland. I mean, we, we say the same things about him. It, he, he's not a big stuff guy. He's not Herman when he dominates. You go, oh man, t- you know, Herman was touching 100, you know, in the, in the middle innings and what a wipeout curveball he had and the slider was working. With Kyle, it's, 
you know, it's a two seam or it's a four seam, it's a slider, it's a change up, it's a cutter, it's a curveball occasionally, uses everything. And, you know, he's got that steely focus on the mound. And, and he just, he's going to give you everything he has. He doesn't overwhelm you. I mean, he's not 95, 97, 98. I mean, his fastball average is literally 90 miles an hour. So uh, he's had a good second half and particularly out on the road. And he's, he slayed some dragons. That's a good lineup the White Sox have. They're, they're in, in, a, you know, in a battle trying to make the postseason, trying to win the American League Central. That's the only ticket uh, for any team in the Central to make the postseason. There's no wild card that's going to come out of the Central. They're battling Cleveland. They're playing them today, in fact, the start of a four-game series. They're battling Minnesota. They're right there as well. Uh, so for him to come in and just shut them down, and also the fact that Dylan Cease was on the other side of things made that uh, that victory and that performance uh, all the more special for Kyle. Uh, you referenced Alan Trejo, and uh, I'm going to try to get Alan on in the next uh, week or so uh, on the show. I really like Alan. He, he's a guy that's continually gotten better at the minor league level. We've seen him for cups of coffee in the past. One thing that stands out, especially if you watch during spring training, which I know you you watch closely, Patrick, he's got really good hands. He's a really good defender. That's the first thing that, you know, from a baseball standpoint, when I looked at it, I go, man, that guy's smooth. Um, and then you go, okay, well, is, what kind of player is he going to be? Does he have enough bat to, to stick around in the big leagues? Is he is he going to be a super utility guy? You know, is there enough bat for him to be an everyday guy? And with Treo, he's made considerable improvements with that bat, especially driving the baseball. The extra base hit, the 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 home run, uh, was noticeably up this year in Albuquerque, and it's played out um, as as you were suggesting over the last couple of weeks in this latest stint uh, in the big leagues and against good pitching too. That's another thing, Buddy always points out. You know, can can you hit against good pitching? Because ultimately, as you try to build a roster that can compete uh, for a playoff spot and then ultimately get in the playoffs, you're going to have to you're going to have to perform against good pitching. The Dylan Ceases of the world, the the Jacob DeGroms of the world, the Max Scherzers, the Max Freeds. And, you know, he's thrown out some big hits against some quality arms. So it's been an impressive uh, couple of weeks for uh, for Alan Trejo. And I think you mentioned uh, Ryan McMahon. Ryan turned and hit a ground rule double yesterday on a 98-mile fastball down and in. And anytime he he's able to turn on plus velocity, I really noticed because that had been a troublesome spot for him in the past where he got a little bit long with his swing and would foul off a lot of fastballs that were um, above-average fastballs. So to see him you know, stay short to the baseball and able to get the barrel out – that's that's a sign of improvement, and um, he has he's performed well again. To your point, over the last you know four, five, six weeks, uh, you know, really, really probably longer than that. So that that's been good to see here in the second half as well. Definitely love to see that. Uh, as I mentioned with Freeland, you know, going back to that near no hitter against the White Sox at Coors Field, it got me thinking. You know what? He's he's just been really good in Chicago. In general, he's only had two starts uh, in, in his career uh, before you know, the, the the lights out there on on Wednesday, uh, both in 2018 and during the regular season. 
Uh, he outdueled uh, John Lester, who only went five and two thirds innings pitch there uh, in a game in late April, whereas Freeland went seven innings. They give up three runs, but then of course the NL wild card game, six and two thirds shutout innings, uh, and again against Lester, getting it done. So Freeland and Chicago, man, the, that's uh, if if you're if you're a Cubs or White Sox fan, and you see Freeland lining up uh, on the bump across from you, you you've got a lot to worry about because that he just seems to own Chicago. That's it. He's a windy city kind of guy. Yeah, she, she, you know, I'm kind of laughing to myself because uh, we know that pitchers put in a lot of work on the days that they're not performing. But for a starting pitcher like Kyle, his day was Wednesday, day game against the White Sox. And now, you know, he's off the rest of the week. He's preparing for his next start. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, same thing for Herman. He's been preparing all week for his start tomorrow. Uh, to open up that series at Wrigley, and then you know, and then some R and R, prepare for the for the next one, one day of work. But you're right, uh, he's he's pitched well in Chicago, and uh, I, I hope there are more big games down the road and playoff games that we're going to reflect back on Kyle Freeland's uh, career. But right now, uh, even though he's had some extraordinary regular season games, the one you referenced, the eight and a third no hit innings against the White Sox in 2017. You know the masterpiece was the 2018 uh, wild card game in Chicago, where where he did not give an inch, and ultimately uh, the Rockies won it in 13 on uh, on a base hit by you know you know unlike unlikely source, right? T.W. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the guy. All right, it got yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm I think we both agree Freeland at some point in the in the next 24 hours is going to shoot a text over to Buddy and say, "Hey, you got any more of those Clapton tickets for me? You know, I I think I did a good job. I think I earned a little bonus." But it got me thinking yesterday because Dylan Cease is the front runner right now for the AL Cy Young Award, even after his performance yesterday, which was fine. But uh, certainly, I know White Sox fans probably thought it was going to be a little bit more. So it got me thinking, and that's that's never good. How many times? Have the Rockies faced the AL Cy Young Award winner? Do, do you want to do you want to venture a guess? Because I I went through, I went through all the all their interleague games to uh, to find this answer out, and there's no way that you're going to actually know this, or I don't know that anyone's even thought of uh, these kind of parameters. It's just kind of how my my brain is broken. Yeah, I, I, see, how many I, times? I still think. See, I'm. I would still give the edge to Justin Verlander, who I think is going be? today, coming off the calf. I know he missed. Oh, he is okay, um, but he has a one eight five, and I I would still kind of give the nod to Verlander. But you're right. I think it. I think those two guys are at the head of the class. So to answer your question, I'm going to just say two, twice it's happened. All right, four times it's happened. 2019 Verlander won. Uh, Rockies played them. Played Houston four times but did not face Justin Verlander 2016. Uh, they faced the Re- uh, Red Sox, but did not face Rick Porcello. The last time they had faced a Cy Young award winner from the American league was in 2017, Corey Kluber. They lost that one complete game. One run struck out 11 by Kluber. Uh, the only run for the Rockies was a leadoff home run, of course, by Chuck nasty and a young 22 year old airman Marquez spun six innings of shutout ball himself. In that game, it's pretty good. Uh, you also had uh, Dallas Keuchel in 2015. Uh, Rockies lost that one as well. Six and two thirds innings pitch. He gave up three runs. 2014, 
Also, Cleveland's uh, Corey Kluber. Rockies lost that one. Seven and a third innings pitch. Gave up two runs. Those two runs came on a Carlos Gonzalez two-run home run. Kluber struck out 12. And then in 2011, Justin Verlander. Rockies lost that one. Complete game. Only gave up one run. The billion-dollar question. The billion-dollar question, Goody. A solo home run was hit for the only run by the Rockies in 2011 against eventual AL Cy Young Award winner Justin Verlander. Who the heck hit it? And I'll say you'll almost never guess, so that's a that's a good clue. It's guessable. 2011. I think he was only a one-year Rocky. Yes. Oh my goodness. And I'll I'll say this: I don't know that you saw him in New York recently on a Saturday in which there was a big event. Hint, hint, hint. I'm not sure you ran into him because I don't remember seeing his name on the list. But maybe he was there. Ooh, boy. So an ex Matt. <laughs> there you go. I want to know what his full name is. No, Jay Payton was much long further back. Should yeah. have been Jay Payton. Um, I, 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 I give. What do you got? It would be none other than Ty Allen Wigington. Ty was just, I thought it was short for something, but no, it's just Ty. Yeah, Ty Ty how about this? Wow. So, wow. could be five times. This could be the fifth time that they face an AL Cy Young Award winner. Just thought that was kind of a, a curious little uh, fun fact, if you will. Uh, it will be uh, interesting to see if Chris Bryant comes back. I know he's out there uh, right now in Chicago, but he has said, uh, you know, we should kind of find out soon. They're going to make a decision on that. Harrison Bader just recently came back uh, after returning from plantar fasciitis. Uh, he's still uh, rehabilitating there with the Yankees, was part of that Jordan Montgomery uh, trade, um, and he last played June 26th. So we'll kind of wait and see. He's there. He's in Chicago. He's in that place. Uh, I don't know if you have any inklings. And again, but he says it all the time. He's not a doctor, so it's it's hard to know. But, uh, you know, it would be nice. It would be kind of cool to see uh, Chris Bryant back maybe in the final couple weeks. But at the same time, hey, you know what? You want to make sure that he goes into spring training next year at 100% health. So if he doesn't come back, that's all right. Yeah, well it, it, it's not like I'm sitting here. I, I really don't give it a lot of thought. I, it's, you know, Chris is on the trip, and you just want him to – in the off season, be training in preparation for 2023, not rehabbing. And there is a difference. Um, so, you know, for a guy that has done as much as he's done in the game already, I mean, it's not like a young player where he's going to benefit from getting 40 or 50 at bats late in the year. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what the, the gain is unless, you know, he's a hundred percent healthy and all right, I want to play the, the last couple of weeks. I, I kind of, you know, wrote it off once, you know, he was still in the boot about a, a week and a half ago, I think. So I just figured, all right, you know, he's just going to get himself ready for 2023. And, and to me, it, you know, that's, that's just what it is. I mean, it's unfortunately going to be a lost year for Chris. He's, you know, he's only played in 42 games. He's had a multitude of injuries, but get, you know, get yourself ready, get yourself prepared for next year. Yeah, arm, armchair GM says, well, they just released Jilly's Chassin, so they've got room on the 40-man for somebody else. Probably going to be calling up somebody else. Ezekiel Tovar still hasn't played since June 29th. He's been you know, still rehabbing down there in Arizona, so we'll kind of wait and see. Uh, he's you know, played game. He's he's starting to play. He, he's played some games, though, now. Um, okay. not, not, not with Albuquerque, but he's played some games in Arizona where he's actually playing baseball and – 
going out in the field and, and, you know, competing in the batter's box, not just taking BP, not just, you know, running sprints, that sort of thing. He, he has been playing. Yeah, no, that that's good to see. Uh, uh, obviously, Arizona Complex League has ended, so uh, it's one of the reasons why you're not going to see a box score or something like that. But you're right; they're they're still going down there. You know, they're they're still getting ready. Some of those Dominican Summer League guys are there and, and whatnot. So uh, that is nice to see. I did want to ask you too, also about uh, guaranteed rate field. Where is that? Uh, where is that radio booth? Or where is that TV booth? Because I know the press box um, from the pictures I saw is down the first baseline, like behind first base almost in the outfield not a great press box i'm hoping that on the tv and radio side you know they've got you in the typical spot there behind home plate somewhere yeah yeah we we are that's a really good location we're right behind home plate and and fairly low down because that was built in 1991 um you know some of these newer parks we've discussed is they 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 put the booths at the top of the stadium which is not good i mean i know it sounds you know self-centered to say that but you know, the biggest um, source of revenue for these teams is television. And when you're that high up, it's hard to call the game. And so you do need to be, at, you know, at a lower level. And I know they try to utilize all of that space for fancy restaurants and, and, and clubs. But I still, even going forward as, you know, new stadiums get built, you, you'd think they could, at the very minimum, keep you know, two to four booths at, at a reasonable height and still put in your, you know, high dollar clubs and restaurants um, behind home plate. Um, but in the case of guaranteed rate uh, field, it's, you know, they, they are located in the right spot. Gotta say, I absolutely love what Pins and Aces is doing a Colorado business right here, right here in our own state, family owned golf and apparel business pins and aces is the official golf apparel partner of dnvr we love our pins and aces gear and gets tons of compliments on and off the course every time i see our guy spencer smith in the office i'm always complimenting some new gear he has on from pins and aces and invariably yes i find out that comes from pins and aces i should just stop asking at this point they're producing polos hats golf bags even your favorite new beer sleeve. Seriously, it's an innovative product, this beer sleeve, that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep your drinks cold the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com and use code DNVR to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping on top of that. That's pinsandaces.com. And if you are heading out onto the greens, make sure you start your day with athletic greens look it is how i start my day one scoop of athletic greens and i'm getting 75 high quality vitamins whole food source superfoods minerals adaptogens probiotics it gets me to start my day the right way and when i don't have it i don't feel my best it's a great way to make sure that you are eating well on the road it's a great way to make sure that you're not having your coffee too early in the morning Yes, believe it or not, you got to wait 90 minutes or you should wait 90 minutes until you have your first cup of coffee, but not with Athletic Greens because for me, it's this micro habit that has huge benefits and it gives me mental clarity and alertness before I even have that first cup, an hour and a half, two, sometimes three hours before my first cup of coffee in the morning, thanks to Athletic Greens. And to make it easy right now, they're going to give you a free one-year supply of their immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So you know what? When you go out on the road, you don't have to worry about missing a day. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash ROC. 
first three letters of Rockies. That's all it is. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash ROC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Your guest this week on the Drew Goodman podcast, Tom Ramsey, uh, interesting guy. I don't want to spoil too many things because uh, there, there are some some really interesting stories uh, about his number getting retired. Uh, wink, wink, uh, asterisk uh, by the New England Patriots. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a UCLA guy. And I, I wanted to kind of start on that because I don't know. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot being made about all the guys from UCLA. But I've, I've been talking to those guys, Bouchard, Bird, Tolia, about that roster there in, in 2017. So you have three Rockies on the 2017 UCLA Bruins who were only three games over 500 that season. But you also have Ryan Creedler who just made his debut uh, a couple of weeks ago there with the Tigers. The Angels pitcher Griffin Canning is there. Uh, there's a Cubs prospect named Chase Strump infielder uh, with 20 homers in double A this season. And you also have three uh, players who were drafted from that uh, club uh, there in 2017. Moises Sejas, who was drafted by the Rockies, Brett Stevens, an outfielder drafted by the Rockies, and 2017 draftee from the Pittsburgh Pirates, Nick Valeka. So it kind of comes all full circle there in the Rockies family. An interesting team that, you know, produced a lot of ball players, a lot of big leaguers, and yet, you know, during their season, it, it just didn't come together. It's just just one of those things you never know. Yeah, they're one of those marquee schools that has a wonderful history in college baseball. And, you know, I think of Oklahoma, naturally you think of Arizona State, you think of LSU. Uh, there are certain programs, Stanford through the years, Vanderbilt now, uh, clearly, that, man, if you're going there, they'll tell you up front. They only want you there for three years because they expect you to get drafted your junior year or when you're 21 and then you're out, you're out the door. And, and so the, the people, the players that populate those rosters are all professional prospects, many of which were drafted in high school uh, that end up at programs like UCLA. So I, I guess when you look at it, you go, wow, that guy, you know, they had, 10, 12, 14 guys drafted, you know, off that team. Um, that's how it's set up to be. So, yeah, that's a big number. But with those programs, that's kind of an expectation also. Yeah. Uh, Tom Ramsey, UCLA QB from Southern California. And, you know, so many good good stories from this week. And my, my favorite is just the fact that, you know, he goes all the way back to Elway in high school. And then yeah, I mean, all good stuff. Yeah, Tom, Tom's a good friend of mine. Tom and I have done a fair number of, uh, you know, football games together, mostly at the collegiate level. I, I think we worked together a couple of times on ESPN radio with NFL games. Um, Tom, Tom's still doing games there. And he was a, I think he spent about six, seven years in the NFL as a backup quarterback, but he was a, a tremendous quarterback at UCLA. He's in their Hall of Fame. He's, he's in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. He was the MVP of a, of a Rose Bowl, you know, back uh, some years ago. And I wanted to have him on this week because, you know, we're, we're transitioning. We're always going to talk baseball, but we're transitioning to football. You know, I'm a huge football guy as well. And, and the Broncos started their season. College football is a couple, three weeks in. You had the call. <laughs> the call uh, this week with, uh, you know, Coach Hackett uh, electing to try a 64-yard field goal instead of going fourth and five. Uh, you know I'm never short on opinions, 
Um, I certainly had an opinion on that particular call, and I thought it would be appropriate to get an ex-quarterback in to talk about the call, talk about what he witnessed with Russell Wilson, um, and, um, and and we danced uh, that dance, and, and also talked about his days growing up in Southern California, where the two best LA quarterbacks were we won Tom Ramsey and one John Elway, and they were at uh, Arch Rival High School. So um, uh, I, I think it's a fun conversation. I think everybody will enjoy it. TR12. That's what you, that's what you need to start calling them, TR12. Yeah. TR12. There's a TB12. There's TR12. You're right. Well, look, they're both going to get that number 12 retired there in, in New uh-huh. England eventually. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I thought that was a good conversation. You obviously talk about the Rockies and, uh, and their trip here in, in Chicago. So, uh, again, Another reason to make sure you're downloading and subscribing to the Drew Goodman podcast, doing it immediately. As you as you talked about that, the the call, as it were, for week one, you know, we we've seen the video going around uh, of the Manning cast reaction and uh, Peyton Manning saying time out. And, you know, he obviously has relationships with the Broncos. But I'm, I'm curious, like it, what your thought is on, you know, how, how broadcasting has is changing or or evolving a little bit. You're seeing it in baseball with the K-Rod. Uh, booth that they have with Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez bringing in guests, almost slowing things down. And instead of making it uh, about the game and calling the game, you're almost making a secondary product, almost like you're recording a podcast in the middle of a baseball game. I'm curious your, your thoughts on that. If you've checked out the K-Rod uh, shows at all, or, or just what that, what that's like in, in general for how it's kind of evolved here uh, over the last few years. I'm all about, creativity i'm all about trying things new and not remaining uh you know stayed if you will um in how we produce sports uh you know at the end of the day i i I still think um the way it's been done for a number of years is still a tried and true way of doing it you know where you have two sometimes a three-man or three-person booth um and uh, in whatever sport it is, baseball lends itself to being more conversational in uh, the presentation of the sport than football and basketball by the by the nature of the uh, the pace of baseball, uh, if you will. Uh, but uh, I'll speak specifically more about the Manning cast because I've seen that more than what Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez are doing just because, you know, oftentimes you're working when they're working or traveling when they are. Uh, I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I, you have you have unique characters, Peyton Manning character 1A, who's this iconic football great who also happens to have great comedic timing, who is uh, somebody that, that is not, uh, he, he's not a, a guy that's polarizing. I think everybody likes Peyton Manning. I mean, it'd be, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who, oh, I don't like Peyton. He's funny. He's quick witted. And what we're finding also, uh, you know, I followed Eli closely his entire career. Cause as you know, I'm a huge New York giant football fan. And, Eli's a really likable guy, but he didn't have the outward big personality that his big brother had. And then we come to find out when they work together and now through the number of commercials that Eli's doing, he's pretty funny dude also. And he sets in, you know, gets some zingers in and they get great guests. I know I I didn't see it this week because I was I I was kind of focused on on just watching the game. I was in a restaurant, Um, but you know, they had Shannon Sharp on 
you know, I've seen other guests they've had on that, you know, they bring out, uh, you know, the best in people and it's fun and it's a nice alternative to watching the game. So it's creative and they have the right people uh, doing it in this case with Peyton and Eli. I don't think you could just say, hey, let's just throw two guys in there and we'll have different guests. Uh, you have to have the right personalities. And and it begins with, with Peyton, who's, uh, you know, he, he's unique. Not only is he an all-time great, great, great player, um, and they're the first family of, of football, uh, but, you know, they're fun They're fun guys. They're guys you go, man, I'd like to go have a beer with those guys, right? It, no, it's, it's very entertaining. And I, and I think, you know, there, there are a lot of those moments, you know, for, for you guys, you know, for you and, and Spilly and Jenny, yeah, having that back and forth banter and those, those lulls in the game. And I've, I've mentioned this before, this idea of, Hey, just, you could have the, the TV broadcast as a podcast, but if you guys ever had any kind of consideration of that, of like boiling down, you know, one of your broadcasts, I don't even know if it would literally be every single hour. And I know obviously there's certain limitations, um, you know, with, with MLB and whatnot, if you're giving this product away for free, cause people can basically just listen to a game, but you guys get into so many other things and, and with Kelsey bringing things in and interviews with the managers, that's something that I would think even three or four days later, you'd want to go back and listen and, you know, yeah, I, I know the, the Rockies lost to the White Sox on Tuesday night, but it's what happens in between the pitches, in the outs, in the conversations and talking about Chicago or all of these different memories or breaking down the new rules, things of that nature, that that still has a, a shelf life. I don't know if it, have, have you ever yeah. had those conversations behind the scenes. You know, uh, it, it's interesting. You have my brain, the gears going in, in, inside the uh, old dome right now. Um, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you you would find it potentially you know compelling enough to have it regurgitated in, in a different form and i do think it's there, there's no bad ideas i do subscribe to that there are ideas that ultimately gets uh, you know dismissed uh, i'll go back and say that we have a, we we all like each other and we all have fun you know broadcasting together and we're not in charge of wins and losses we're like everybody at home we'd love to see the rockies you know win 110 games and and uh, you know be where the dodgers uh, you know are every year um, it make maybe it makes it that much nicer on those years where where the planets align and the rockies are good and they were a postseason team like they were a few years ago um, but overall in terms of having fun on the air and and needling each other um, you know I, I i do believe that if you're having fun as long as you don't get you know, too out of bounds or too silly that that hopefully people at home um, are having fun with you and, and uh, indulging you. You're never going to please everybody, but you got to ultimately be yourself. And we have a great we have a great group and a great cast. And if somebody, you know, said, hey, why don't we condense this and see what it looks like in a podcast? Um, you know, I'd be I'd be about that. <laughs> I'd, I'd be glad to help you out if you need a consultant there. Look, yeah, I'm, I'm I thinking think so. here. I'm thinking here in in Chicago, you got to put him on the spot for Spilly. You got to get have Clark the the Cubs mascot come up, bring him a Chicago style dog. Well, he's and, not here. It's it's just it's oh, just me and Huey. Yeah, there you go. Can't do that. All right. Well, then my backup idea was going to be one year for the holidays or for his birthday. You got to set you know you got to set him up with a, some kind of subscription service. You know, or or sometimes they. Uh, there's micro brews and stuff and different things, chocolates or coffee of the month, hot dog of the month club. So every single month, 
he's getting a new pack of hot dogs and uh, has to relive that. He, he's sworn them off. I know. So that. Yeah. He literally has not had a bite of a hot dog. Uh, whatever. What is that? Five, six years ago now. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's uh, drank Gatorade through a hot dog, but has not eaten the hot dog. So uh, we'll give him a pass. Yeah, that was, that was gross too. <laughs> So maybe not everything makes the podcast. We don't we don't need to uh, to have audio just of him trying to slurp that thing. That's uh, that that didn't work out too well. My my favorite Spilly moment of many was when he was all four paws up um, when it was Bark in the Park uh, day a couple of years ago, and we cut back and, and we had some big dog who was lying on his back with his legs and you know all his paws straight up in the air, and then we kind of pan to the right, and there's Spilly in the same position. Um, That's it. Yeah. Got the golden retriever energy and intellectually that you know they belong together that's it yeah, yeah. no i i see that, that they were that's, compatible that's yeah very compatible well mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you are compatible out there with the drew goodman podcast by downloading and uh, subscribing to that drops each and every thursday the conversation with tom's Ram- ramsey is out this week maybe alan trejo next week well we'll see he's, he's playing really well uh, definitely well. as you've cited going forward uh, follow him on twitter at drew goodman 42 at dnvr underscore rockies is where we're at i'm at patrick d lyons you know what they say about momentum frankly it's only as good as your next show so we'll talk to you tomorrow